This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Go with me to our foundational scripture and let's hold down John chapter 8. John chapter 8. And we have been talking about and trying to understand and trying to make sure that all the things that's going on in the world and all the teachings that's going on in different ministries and, and period, we need to know truth at all times. And God has been dealing with us about the, because I'm telling you something else besides this pandemic and everything else is coming. And it's gonna, and let me tell you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just put a little specific on it now. Because we always know something else is always coming. But what, what, what this thing that's coming is gonna affect the church. So see, I'm not just talking about the pandemic and this. Uh, this is going to affect the church. And the teachings that you get, are getting now is for when those things happen, you're going to have something to stand on. You're going to have something to stand on. I know, I know. I'm not big enough for you to tell, from you to tell me that. You need to hear it from somebody else. Well, no, God don't work that way. God, I'll be your stumbling block. Because you're foolish. I'm here to tell you that the, the thing that's coming is going to affect the church. And God is giving us now anchors. Anchors that we need to hold on to in the midst because we're going to need it. So don't get bored with teaching. And I know, you know, people that's, that's not used to teaching and they're used to hooping, they call this just speaking. Well, I am speaking. And so if speaking does you good, well, then just, just settle down and let me speak to you. Amen. So I hope you're in John chapter 8. And I want to start this morning by just bringing us around to what we need to hear and what we've talked previously in the last two lessons. Now, we said that I, uh, that, well, I told you that I want to encourage you to continue in these perilous times. I want you to continue and be encouraged when things are going well and pleasant and when things are not. I want you even to be encouraged when God is silent. When you can't hear him, when you can't make out what really, what to do, and I prayed, and I still haven't heard from God, even when he's silent, you need to encourage yourself, and you need to trust God. God said he, we need, all needed to shift our focus. See, there's always shifting going along, so we need to shift our focus from facts to the truth. I said we need to shift our focus from facts to the truth. And then I gave you some steps of how you can do that. And I hope you're just not writing them down, but you need to go back and see if you're missing any of those steps. Because these steps are the things that's going to help you get where you need. It's going to help you move from facts to truth. And I've told you the first thing you need to do is you must change your walk. If your walk is a little off, you need a straight, narrow walk. If it seems, if you seem to be stumbling here and there and tripping here and there, but backward, God said, change your walk. 
How do I change my walk? Well, every time you hear a message, adjust your feet. Every time you hear a message, begin to adjust your feet so it can walk the narrow way. Understood? Number two, we said you must walk in the newness of life. You have been made new. You are a believer. I'm talking to the believers now. You have new, you have to walk in that newness of life. You need to stop acting like a sinner. You need to stop acting like nothing has been made new in you because it has. You have to walk in that. Number three, we said, I said you must walk with like-minded believers. So very important. We want to, you know, we want to go in and out and dig and dabble in and out of the world and back with the believers and talk like the world and then back with the believers. No, you need to be connected and you need to be walking with those of like faith. Well, if I do that, how am I going to minister to the... I didn't say you to stop ministering to those that are without. I said walking. Now, now it should be, as far as the sinner is concerned, you shouldn't be walking with them. You could Step in there, step there to minister to him. But you step back out and you walk with those of like faith. Because somebody's going to pull somebody in if you're walking with them. You got to step in and step out and move forward. Did notice Jesus every time that he talked to different ones, he stepped when it came to sinners, he stepped in, he stepped in at the woman caught with adultery, told him what you need to do, and then stepped back and kept going. He still, every time there was something that had to do with uh, sinners, he would step in and he would minister that. But he'd go back to the believers. Because you have to walk with those of like faith if you're going to stay strong. Are you with me? So you can step with the, you can step with the believer, I mean the unbeliever, but you must walk with the unbeliever. And when I step, that means that I'm stepping in. And stepping out. Walking is a continual action. I do that with those of like faith. Amen. And then we said you must walk in the Spirit. Now you have the Spirit. You, you, you know what? Don't let, the, don't, don't let the Holy Spirit live, be dormant in you. Walk in the Spirit. Let Him just stop saying, ah, something told me to do this and that when you make wrong choices. And you said something told you and I should have did that. Well, that's the Holy Spirit. Learn to walk with Him. The Bible says that He will lead and guide us. And He'll show us things before they happen. He'll already, He'll lead you where you need to go. Instead of going where you want to go and then say, Oh, I knew I should have. Oh, the Holy Spirit was telling me. We always say, something told me. Well, if you believe, you need to be walking in the Spirit. And then, you, number five, I said, you must walk soberly. You know, it's, a, it's one thing to laugh and joke and have, you know, have fun, but then at some point you need to be sober. You need to be serious. You need to have a clear head. You need to have a clear mind. You need to get out of the fog. You know, we can get, let me tell you, we can get fogged up just falling in love and just, just, just not sober anymore. We can get, we can get fogged up just getting a new job. I'm not sober anymore. Getting a new house. I'm not sober anymore. Getting a new car. All of a sudden, you, you, you just start missing it in every area. That's not being sober. So we should walk 
soberly. Remember, I'm, in all of these I'm saying walk because this is a continual thing. This is something that you have to strive and do on a daily basis. Number six, I said that you must resist the devil. You must resist the devil. He's coming. I don't care how much you love the Lord. I don't care how much you read your Bible. I don't care. He knows all that all about you when you were once a sinner. And he knows about you being a Christian and the things you still dig and dabble in. He knows it all. So he's going to come one way or another. And guess what? When you get victory one time, don't mean he's coming back. He might leave for a while, but he's coming back. Don't forget how to resist the devil. And how do I resist the devil? Well, first I must submit to God. I submit to God. And then I can resist the devil. And all of those things come with being mature. I said being mature. And we must, must, I said must, be mature. Amen. And then uh, I'm just going to jump down to my intent my purpose and my objectives that I have been talking about, my intent. Oh, I, oh, oh do I want to go there right now? No, I'm, I'll, I'll come back to that. I'll, I'll come back to that because if I go there, I'm gonna. We're gonna. Are you in John chapter eight? Let's begin at verse thirty-one. Beginning at verse thirty-one. It says, Then said Jesus to those Jews who believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then ye, then are ye my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, we have to understand what God meant when he said, You'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Now, my intent, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta drive this home so you'll understand it. My intent of this whole teaching is for, uh, my intent, purpose, my goal is for you to understand. Now, this is what I want to say before I start going over my intent, my purpose, and my goal. Because I know, I know God's people. And I know how they do. Don't get tired of review. Because review is going to tie you in to the next thing. You know, you'll be like, oh, well, okay, I'm going to do this because I know she's just going to review for now. And i got to do it. No, no, no. You need to make sure. The review is a building block. It's a building block. So you need to hear it again. I know you feel like you just, no, no, no. That's not how you study. And that's not how you retain something. It's a building block. So don't get tired of that. You know, if you want full understanding of the next session that's being taught or the next word that's being said, you need to make sure that you've reviewed some things and you've got it, got it, and you need to review, review it enough to let it roll over in your mind that I'm about to get something and I'm, I, I need to tie all of that together. Are you with me? Because a lot of things that when you're getting the new information is going to be established and all the others from the previous teachings. So we're not just saying it just for you to just say, oh, okay, I, she's going to go that, just that part. That's not. No, it's for a reason. 
That's what review is. That's what teaching. That's why, you know, I used to always want to get around it. And, and Pastor, you say, nope, you need to go back and say that over. You need to go back and repeat that again. You need to go back and repeat that again. You need, let me tell you, I'm, I'm going to show you. If I stood up here right now and I said, how many of you know um, a bird that they have and that's selling insurance? And you'll say, yeah, A-flax or whatever it is. They're, they're. Or I'll say, well, y'all know a lizard that she sells insurance. All of you will say what? Geico. But you know why you, could, you would say it? Because they repeat it. Over and over and over and over again. If they did it one time, you wouldn't even remember it. But they say it over and over. They keep putting the commercial over and over and over because that's how you know it. But when it comes to the things of God, we want to do that and we like, oh, you have to go through that again. Yes. You're in the teaching ministry. You need to review. Amen. So pray, pray close attention. Pray close attention. Amen. Don't go to sleep on the review. It's important. Are you with me? So my intent is that you comprehend, understand, and receive the truth. That's why we teach. We want you to comprehend, receive the truth. Comprehend and understand and receive the truth. Secondly, I want you to get a spiritual perception of truth. You need to get a spiritual Not what you think is true, but you have to have a spiritual perception yourself of the truth. And you have to have that in the trinity of your person. Spirit, soul, and body. you got to say, no, we're going to believe this. We're going to believe this, spirit, soul, and body. And then I wanted to create in you and myself an unshakable. In truth. I know we all say, oh, nothing will never shake my confidence in truth. I'm going to believe this. Something devastating or something unexpected will shake your truth. What you believe, then you'll be like, well, I don't even, do I even believe that? Yes. That's why we teach. So that when times come, and if you live long enough, you're going to get one of those times. That something is going to come up to shake your truth. Then I want you to know that God, through Jesus Christ, has given us complete, complete access to truth. I mean complete. Through Jesus Christ, we have complete access to the truth. Now, whether you access it or not is another thing. But you have access because of Jesus. Are you with me? God got the truth in the earth through Jesus. And through Jesus, we have complete access to the truth. Then I want you to know that the Holy Spirit, just like I said before, He leads and guides us into truth. The Bible teaches us that. I want us to know our covenant rights and benefits. And we need to know that every cover, all of our covenant rights and our benefits 
all rests on the truth. It rests on you knowing the truth. Because you won't even know how, how any of it works if you don't allow it to rest on the truth. Then I would, again, I want us to never, ever let truth leave the trinity of our person. My purpose of this is, I want you to know the truth, accept the truth, and be the truth that you've been taught. I say it again. My purpose of this whole teaching, because something else is coming, is for you to know the truth, accept the truth, and be the truth in things you have been taught. So in our endeavors to know the truth, we have looked at and got a better understanding of the Old Testament and the New Testament. Very important that we understand the relationship between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And then last week we started talking about our commitment to the truth. Our commitment to the truth. Now, we need to understand how to know then when I've heard truth. And that's what we're going to deal with today. How do I really know when I have heard the truth? And it's so very important that you know when you've heard the truth. Because listen, you can know truth and you can even be committed to truth. But next week I'll, I'll get on this one. But if you don't know how to handle truth, you're going to be in trouble. I said you can know truth, be committed to the truth, and still miss it. For no other reason other than the fact that I don't really know how to handle it. And you will miss it. My goal is for us to be made whole through truth. And secondly, I want the truth to make us free. The truth to make us free. Listen, you must, without a shadow of a doubt, understand where there is not truth, there is no peace. Look at it. When is there not peace in the home? Somebody around there is lying. The truth has been split. Where there is no truth, there is no peace. Parents and children, when is there not peace in the home? When truth is being violated. Where there is no truth, there is no peace. And in the things of God, it's the same way. When, 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 you know, you start struggling and you like, well, you know what, I don't know. I don't know if they, let me tell you, when we get through, you're going to find out when you're struggling with truth, why you're struggling with it. A truth that you may have heard. Amen. And then we, I showed you that we must become in a oneness with His will. I want us to communicate, make decisions, solve problems based on the truth. And then we have to agree with everything that God is saying in His Word. We can't kick back on what God is saying. I'm walking you through the Scriptures for a reason. Now, we walked through the Old Testament. And we said the Old Testament had three components to it. Well, let's put it this way. Three major components to it. And that was the the patriarchs, the law, and the prophets. And I laid it out. 
for you so you could see the difference. Then we went to the New Testament and we saw it had three components to it. And we said that one was the earthly ministry of Jesus, the second was the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, and third, the acts of the apostles. Very important that you know that. Very important. And we need to understand, you know, what, what, God, what does all of this mean? You just put it in your arsenal. And as you're taught, every week, it's going to be all laid out for you. It opens clearer and clearer the more. Listen, every time you add truth on, clarity comes. See, maybe it don't come all at once, but then another teacher brings everything that a previous teacher you heard all clear. So you keep it. Amen. And then we looked at the definition of faith. In Hebrews chapter 11 and 1. And we said faith is the confidence that we have in the testimony of God. And then we learned who the testimony of God is. And we said the testimony of God is Jesus. And Jesus is our faith. Jesus is our faith. Then we said things like that we were saved by grace through faith. We saw it in the scriptures. We're just repeating what the scriptures said. And since we've had salvation, we've been justified by faith. We have the righteousness of God by faith. And we are redeemed by faith. So your faith is very important. And your faith is Jesus. Now, let's talk a little bit about, I'm trying to get, this is all a review. Let's talk a little bit about the commitment to the faith. Because you know, uh, you know, you have to know truth. You have to know truth. You have to do truth. You have to be truth. You have to become one with truth. Life will never be the same. You have to become one with truth. Why? So I can be committed to truth in my character, in my conduct, and in my commitment to the faith. When I become one with truth, when I own it, make it mine, when I become it, everything about me is truth. In my character, in my com uh, conduct, and in my commitment to the faith. And I gave four definitions of the word commitment. I said commitment meant to be sold out to the faith of God through Jesus Christ. And it's very important that you put through Jesus Christ. Because there's like 800,000 gods out there. You just can't say that I'm sold out to the faith of God. There's too many gods out there. Too many, even though they're false gods, there's too many out there. You have to say, I'm sold out to the faith of God through Jesus Christ. You cannot leave that out. Very important. And I said that commitment means that you need no further proof of who God is. Nobody can take that away from you. Nobody can bring something else on you and try to tell you to believe another way. Thirdly, you need to know further proof of who you are, what you believe. You don't, you, nobody, no, nobody should ever get you crossed up in that. I know who I am. I know what I believe. I'm not, I'm, I'm not even trying to hear. That's why you don't, when people come with another doctrine, you don't get, let them do all the talking. You do all the talking. 
Listen, once you have received truth, it just flows. Listen, one to another. It flows. Once you received it. Notice I didn't say once you heard it. Because many of us hear truth, but we don't receive it. I said one. See, you, I want to take out, I want to do emphasis on these little words that we seem to slip by. Because somebody just heard me say, once you heard truth, it flows from one truth to another. And I did not say that. Because plenty of people hear it. I said, once you receive it, it just flows from one truth to another. Truth. That's why I said, you, that's why you can't, you got to listen to the, to the review and everything because this truth is going to flow from one truth to another. Are you following me? And, 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 and I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to believe that as soon as you hear truth, you just receive it. Mm-mm. I've seen too many things in church and too many people in church. All of a sudden, once you hear truth, you receive it. But now when you, you didn't know, now just a month ago, a year ago, nobody couldn't tell you nothing. That was the truth. But now I just receive it. No, sometimes it takes, and it takes some people longer than others. But it's once you receive it, one truth flows to another. Then fourth definition was we need to relinquish our rights to choose another option. I'm telling you, if you haven't, just get ready this week. Something's going to come up. Just relinquish your rights to that option. Say, you know what? I would have chose that, but you know what? I relinquished my right to choose another option. Jesus Jesus is not moving me that way. I'm staying right where I am. Relinquish. Then, to be committed to truth, you have to know that God is. Just know that God is. And then you must also know that we must be as He is. He set the system up so we can. And then I told you that we must love one another because all of the word of God can be wrapped up in that one word, love. No matter what, we have to love one another. And, and people have different definitions of love. But, but that's another teaching for another time. But we have to love one another. So this morning we're going to look at how do I know... And understand when I have heard the truth. This is critical. Here's the new information. This is very critical that you pray close attention. How do I know and understand when I have heard the truth? Critical one this morning. Are you with me? I'm going to say it again. How do I know and understand when I have heard the truth? And this morning I'm going to give you a way to know. So you'll know when to click on and to click off. Or you'll know when to, you didn't sit there long enough, I got to get up, I got to go. Whether you walk off or run off, you will know. So to fully understand when you have heard the truth, you need to have a basic understanding of the Gospels. First of all. You need a basic understanding of the gospel. Why? Because truth didn't start until the gospels came. The gospels 
came with Jesus. And the, it, you have to have a basic understanding of the gospel. Now, if you do or if you don't, I'm going to teach it this morning, a portion of it, so you can have a basic understanding of the gospel. And I'm not going to take for granted that everyone have a basic understanding of the gospel. So I'll give you some basic understanding of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are the gospels. I'll say it again. I'm going to give you the basic understanding of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Some people don't even know. Wow, I didn't know. I thought the whole Bible was the gospel. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The Gospels. Just stay right here. Don't confuse yourself any further. Those are the Gospels in the Bible. Now, three of those uh, Gospels are synoptic. Meaning, they're basically teaching the same thing. Listen. And they're teaching the same thing about the life of Jesus. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Now, John is considered a gospel along with the other three. That synoptic gospel, you can call it that because they're all teaching the same thing, the life of, the life of Jesus. But John also teaches on the life of Jesus. And that's what makes John the gospel. They're all teaching on the life of Jesus. Are you with me? Now, even though they're all teaching on the life of Jesus, they all have different emphasis. That's the difference. They're all teaching on the life. They're synoptic in that fashion that they're all teaching on the life of Jesus. But... They all have emphasis are different. Their emphasis on what they're teaching is different. Are you with me? Follow me. Now, you you got to be a student of the Word. you got to want to be. And if you haven't, I don't care if you're a freshman or a senior. You still got to listen. You got, I don't care. Listen, I don't care what, what you're in. I don't care if you're an upperclassman, a lowerclassman. I don't care if you're in grad school. What, you have to listen. Are you with me? So, we have, we have that down. John teaches on the life of Jesus, and that's the gospel. Now, I told you they all have different emphasis. Let's start with Matthew. Matthew, for example, Matthew was written to the Jews that, was, that had been converted to Christianity. Jews that had been converted to Christianity. They were being convinced that Jesus, that this Jesus that they see is the one that was prophesied in the Old Testament. Because they were Jews, but they had been converted, so they had to teach them. And that's what Matthew was bent on, making sure those Jews that converted into Christianity understood that this Jesus that's coming is, this Jesus that's here is the one that was talked about in the Old Testament. Because his gospel was basically written to the Jews. 
And that's what Matthew concentrated on. And so in order for Matthew to do that, listen, in order for Matthew to do do that when he was ministering to the Jews because he understood how Jewish people thought. So in his teaching and, and, and explaining the life of Christ, he made Jesus a king in their eyes so they would understand. He was committed to it. And so they understood that a king was coming. So he made him a king when he ministered to them. And so to say that Jesus was the king, it convinced the Jews that had converted. This is just not the Jews. These were Jews that converted to Christianity. Now Mark's account was a little different. Different emphasis. Mark wanted to show the miracle working powers that was wrought in the least of these. And you will see in Mark where Mark called Jesus the Son of Man. And he said, the Son of Man come not to serve, but uh, not to be served, but to serve. So we see Matthew made him king. Mark here made him servant. Now, I can't stand up here and read all Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So now you're going to have to go back and read it. Now let's follow me over to, and, and, to, to Luke, the doctor. And just in case you didn't know, Luke was a physician. You had a toe ache, he could fix it. He was a doctor. He was a medical doctor. Now, in Luke, he was also teaching on the life of Christ. But what he emphasized was the 100% showing how Jesus was 100% human and 100% divine. 100% human and a hundred percent God. Did you hear me? That's what Luke did. Are you with me? Now, Luke made him the Son of God. So now we got Matthew, we got Mark, we got Luke. Matthew made him a king. Mark, Mark, you know, Mark made him a servant. Mark made him a servant. Go back and read it. Mark, Mark made him a servant. Luke is the one who made him son of man. I'm sorry. Luke, but Mark made him a servant. But again, I want you to go. That's your assignment for the week. Read Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John. Oh, wow. Yeah, you okay? You got how many days in a week? How many days in a week? You can read Matthew, Mark, and Luke. I done read it before. That's the problem. That's the problem. 
But see, when Mark said that that this Jesus, the, 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 the Son of Man, He came not to be served, but to serve. He made Him a servant in the eyes of the people. Luke made Him the Son of Man. When He said, he, he, when you go and read Luke, you see he's, he's dealing with the humanity part of Jesus. And the divine part. 100% man, 100% God. Now remember, the, listen, the Son of Man always deals with the humanity of Jesus. The Son of Man always deals with the, some, with the humanity of Jesus. So if you really want to study, you know, if you say, I just want to study the, the hum, human part of Jesus, that's where you want to go, into Luke. You turn to Luke, and you'll see, and you'll be like, oh, I can see that. Luke made him the son of man. You'll see it, you'll see it in the scriptures. But John did something even more different. John want, you know, John just got right down to it. John said, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. And the word was God, son of God. So he began to teach and show emphasis on that, the son of God. The Son of God. He just put it right, just, just got jumped right to it. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. And not only the Word was God, but Jesus was God. That's what his emphasis was. You keep on reading, John, you'll see it. Not only was he the Word of God, but he was was God. Our pastor would always try to drive that home with him when when you always were. Did Jesus see it? He couldn't. He was God. Now, John wanted us to know that Jesus was the truth. And that's why we're ministering out of John. Because he concentrated on that. He concentrated on that. He made him the son of God in the eyes of the people. So you see that they all was talking about the life of Christ, the life of Jesus Christ, but all had different emphasis. Matthew the king. The king is coming. The king is here. Mark, he came to serve. He's a servant. Luke, he's the son of God. He's 100% man. He's 100% God. He's the son of God. And then John just jumped right in it and said, Besides all of that, he in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. The Son of God. See, this kind of teacher you need to sit down and get. And John strongly emphasized the divinity of of Jesus. Strongly. So we look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now we're going to see in the scriptures as we go along, the, the Son of God, the Son of Man, the Servant, and the king. But as we go along, that Son of God lives. This is what we have to understand. We have to understand that the Son of God, 
remember what John said it was, lives in the Son of Man. The Son of God lives in the Son of Man. Are you following me? Follow me. Don't fall off. So, again, the Son of Man refers to His human nature. The Son of God refers to His divine nature. Now, this is how the Son of Man, listen, was able to have a sinless life. Because the Son of God lived on the inside of Him, strengthening Him in every aspect, because they were one. (laughs) Now, don't worry. Don't say to yourself, well, now I know. Well, of course Jesus can see, and He had the Son of God. And don't worry. We can't live like that. Hold up. Hold up. We're going to see. Because, you know, we want to say, well, yeah, you know, you got God living in you. Sure, you're not going to sin. Hold up. Because we, we got to sin. That's why I told you you need to sit down. So, now we know when you, how do you know when you've heard the truth? I'm going to give you the answer, then we'll chase it. Ministers, I want you all to take heed of this. Always give the answer and chase it. Don't chase the answer. Give them the answer first. And then say, now let's go chase it. Because I want you to know the bottom line, and then we'll go and chase all everything to let you know why I gave you that answer. Amen? First of all, when I know I've heard the truth, first of all, we need to have understanding that Jesus is the truth. That's number one. We need to understand. The answer to how do I know when I've heard the truth is me knowing, first of all, that Jesus is the truth. You have to concentrate on knowing Jesus in order to know truth. You have to concentrate on knowing Jesus if you want to know the truth. Because why? Because Jesus is the truth. And if He is the truth, I must, I must show emphasis on Jesus. But I don't have just one answer for that. The second answer is this. If what you hear, how do I know? When I have heard truth, if what you hear does not conform to the earthly minister of Jesus, it is not the truth. I don't care who's preaching it. If it doesn't conform to the earthly ministry of Jesus, it's not truth. I'm going to give you some examples. Just hold on. I'm going to give you some examples right now so you won't even have to wait. Wait. Can any of you find in the scriptures where anywhere where Jesus went into the temple and taught the ministry of prosperity? I hear no, no, I even hear you on streaming. Or did he throw the money changers out? How do I know when I've heard the truth? Have you seen anywhere in the scriptures where Jesus lined the people up for them to announce their gift? 
Or did you hear Jesus say, when you give your gift, give it silently. Nobody needs to know what you're doing. Have you seen anywhere in the scripture where Jesus was just totally pleasantly pleased with somebody's ability to get up and pray a long, marvelous prayer? So that everybody could hear him. Or do you see in the scriptures where Jesus said, you, you know, you're not known by your much speaking. You want to do some praying, go in your closet. I'm showing you how you know when you have heard truth. I don't care where it's coming from. I don't care how big the following is. If it's not lined up and conform to the earthly ministry of Christ, And how do I know? I read, I watch his life. So we have to see those things that I've said, we have to have seen it in Jesus' life for it to be truth. I know. I get it. Okay, let me ask you this. Have you ever seen Jesus in the scriptures look at all the people and tell them, okay, I'm in heal them, heal them, and say, okay, go tell, go tell everybody that I heal. Come and tell, okay, we're gonna start up a TV ministry, and we're gonna show me healing, and everybody you know, bring, 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 bring them. Come on, because that we're gonna do, we're gonna have a healing service. Or do we see Jesus healing and saying, don't go and tell anybody? How do I know? When I've heard the truth. See, a lot of times we think truth has to do with a crowd. Or how big something is. Or how many hallelujahs it get. Or how many dancing and throwing handkerchiefs and sweating you get. And, and that got to be truth. But those things you have to look at. Now, now listen, I know you're out there. If you don't like what I'm teaching, stop. Don't be a Christian. Go be something else. I'm just teaching truth and how to understand it according to the life of Jesus. How do we know truth? Whose truth? Jesus is truth. So what? I watch everything he's done in his life, and that's what I should be seeing, and that's what I should be believing. I'm trying to teach you how to know when you've heard truth. But if you're a believer, listen, you're going to have to follow the life of Christ. You have to follow the life of Jesus because the word Christian, it it means Christ-like. That's why we start saying believers because everybody's not acting Christ-like. And, and, and even though we know that Christians being Christ-like, in this day and age, it don't quite mean that. Because everybody's a Christian now. No matter what kind of sin that you practice. See, I, I want to say practice because, uh, because all of us have fallen short. 
And all of us have sin, but we get back up. But I'm talking about even people that practice sin on a daily basis say they're Christians. I'm not talking about falling and getting up, making a mistake and getting up, or not obeying God and getting up, repenting and changing. I'm talking about practicing sin. So tell me again, how can a homosexual say that they, uh, they are saved? No, because that's something you practice. No way. And, 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 and they die and you're going to give them all the deal and yeah, I know they were born again. No, that don't work. Stop satisfying your flesh with that. You can't practice sin on a daily basis and say you're born again. Oh, don't worry. I, I heard you. I heard you from way wherever you are. I'm talking about those that commit adultery and fornicate as well. If you're practicing it, it's no way. No way. That's not according to how Jesus was. Now I know there's no truth in you. You're practicing that. And openly showing it and letting you know I'm practicing that. I'm marrying the opposite sex. I'm practicing that. Under the guidelines of the covenant of God or the institution of marriage, I'm practicing that. How do y'all know when I hear truth? The third one is the truth lives in Jesus Christ, the Son of Man. The truth lives in Jesus Christ, the Son of Man. Man. Now, whenever you see Jesus Christ, and he's talking about here, when, listen, every time, I want you to get this. Because there's a difference between the Son of Man and the Son of God. Whenever you hear the Son of Man is talking about the human nature of Jesus Christ. Not the Son of God. It's talking about the human nature of the Son of God. And let me tell you, the word Christ, you know what that means? The anointed one. Jesus needed to be anointed. God don't need any anointing. There's a difference. God don't need to be anointed, but Jesus needed it. He said, He have anointed me. Son of man needed it. But now God don't... Well, who's going to anoint God? He don't need to be anointed. Why don't He need to be anointed? Because God is. Because God is. Why would He need anointing? But the Son of Man needed it. So when you're talking about Jesus Christ, you're talking about the anointed human. Now go with me to John chapter 1. Now when we're, while you're going over there, we're saying the Son of Man, uh, I, I like what this says. Let, are you in John chapter 1? Because I'm, I'm, I'm going to break this down to you. Verse 15. John bared witness of him and cried, saying, this was he of whom I spake. 
He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. I love that. Now, what did he just say? He just said a mouthful in that. I'm going to read it again. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. Listen to this. What John is saying here. The Son of Man, he said, came after me. Meaning, I was born first. And he was. But the Son of God, he said, came before me. There's the difference. But the Son of God that was in Son of Man, he was before me. And because the Son of God is living in the Son of Man, he was preferred before me. So he just said, the Son of God, Jesus in the human form, he came after me. But the Son of, I mean the Son of Man, but the Son of God, he's preferred before me because he was before me. Simplicity. He's trying to let us understand some things. Look at verse 16. And of his fullness have all we received, and grace for grace. Translation, we all have received blessings upon blessing because of the fullness. Verse 17. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Plain and simple. Grace and truth came. I mean, yeah, yeah, the law came by Moses. That's what we were under. But grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Go with me to Second Corinthians. Run over to Second Corinthians. You can keep your uh, tag in John. Second Corinthians five. Verse 19, it says, To wit, that God in Christ, what was he doing in there? To wit, God in Christ. To wit, God was in Christ. What was he doing in there? Well, it tells you right here. Reconciling the world unto himself not imputing their trespasses upon them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now, that is as plain as it gets. He said God was in Christ doing a work, reconciling us to himself. Now, he's not in there to make you feel guilty. And watch this in, in verse 19, the, the, the latter part. Not imputing their trespasses upon them, and have committed unto us the word of reconciliation. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. As God was in Christ, listen, and Christ was able to walk like he walked, the Holy Spirit is in us. Giving us the same ability. Get, listen, you have to understand, we have been given the same, listen, assignment 
that the Son of Man had. We have been given the same assignment that the Son of Man had. We have the same ministry that Jesus has. So ask yourself, are you doing something different than Jesus? If you are, you're missing God. Because we have the same ministry. We don't have the same ministry as the Son of God, but we have the same ministry of Jesus. And that's why Jesus said, i got to go away, because i got to give you something. you got to have the Holy Spirit to help you do the same work. The same, you gotta, we're in the same ministry. We're not doing another ministry. It's the same ministry. Have you noticed? We didn't give the ministry, we didn't get the ministry of Moses, of Joshua, of Daniel, of Ezekiel. We didn't get the ministry of any of those people. They were all examples of how you could live like Jesus. They were types and they were examples. But we've been given the same ministry to do what he did and do it just like he did it. So see all this newfangled stuff that's coming up in the body of Christ. No, no, no. Jesus didn't do it. It ain't. It's not truth. See, we want to add on some truth, and because some big name or your favorite evangelist has put it out there, now you're going to make it a truth. The truth is in Jesus and his walk. And that's what I'm going to stand with. I don't care how popular they get. I don't care what the following is. I got to walk like Jesus. I'm not dealing with no hypo grace. What in Jesus' ministry? Jesus is saying, you all need to, if you're not doing like I'm doing, then you are in error. If you can't find that what you're doing is just like Jesus did it, you are in error. Because he didn't give us ministry of anything else but what he did. As a matter of fact, he even told us. He said, what I do, you shall do. He said, you know what? But yours is going to go a little further. Not change it. He said, you know why yours is going to be going to go further? Because when you do it, you can stream. I, I, couldn't, I didn't do that. We didn't have that capability. You can, you're going to be able to stream. You're going to be able to do all of those technology things. But it's the same ministry. But it's the same ministry. Why? Because he's the truth. The truth is in Jesus. Now, you see, that's why you listen to the review. Because see, if you can connect it back up. That's why you need to listen to the review. You connect it back up. It lets you know now when you read that verse in the Old Testament, you can see it. You'd be like, yeah, the Old Testament was a forerunner. It was a forerunner and a schoolmaster. But after that, after Jesus come, 
He set everything straight. Are you with me? And, and, and this is the thing. I love the way God is just so good. I love the way God did it. God is bringing us up to truth. He's, bring, he's just inching us up. Can you imagine if God went from the patriarchs to Jesus, skipped everything else, everybody would be confused. Just, if he just skipped. It would be like a child going to first grade and when they promote, got promoted from the first grade, you put them in college. That's what it would be like. He had to go through all of the steps so that we can grow up to the truth. We can see it. We can go back to the Old Testament and look at the examples and see it's all revealed in the New Testament. See, that's good to know. Look what Jesus said in verse 18. And all things are of God. No, no, where am I? And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given us the ministry of reconciliation. He revealed it. He revealed it. Nobody had seen God But the Son of Man has seen God being revealed. Since the Word of God was made flesh and dwelt among us. And I like the way Jesus said, he, He's making it plain to show you that, that He's got the humanity of the Son of Man, but there's the Son of God. He said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I don't say no words of my own. You know, he's saying, if you want to know who God is, and if you want to know how God acts, acts, if you want to know, I'm declaring him to you. I'm showing him to you. Everything that you see, he was teaching his disciples. They couldn't get it. Yeah, I'm declaring this to you. But see, we're on this side. I'm declaring this to you. I'm showing you. He's like... Look at me in the scriptures. That's where we are. That's God. He said, you can't see him with your eyes. He's too big. So I show you me in the scriptures so you know the Father. I'm letting you see. He's too big for you to see with your natural eye. He's everywhere. So how can you see with your natural eye? Now go to Matthew chapter 5. We're going to walk it through. You'll be okay. Let's go. This is good to me. Point number one. Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. That's how I know when I've heard truth. Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. Now, in Matthew chapter 5, let's read verse 17. It says... Think not that I have come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass one jot 
or one little one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. In other words, Jesus just said, nothing can happen. Nothing can happen until I fulfill the law. That's why he said, I didn't come to destroy it, I came to fulfill it. So the fulfillment of the law is in Jesus. He said, nothing else, not a dot, nor to can't nothing move, and nothing. You're still locked into that law. You're still locked into the Old Testament until I fulfill the law. What a good God. So if you use the Old Testament for examples, that's fine. But your character, your conduct, and your commitment has to be in your faith and based on Jesus. You can look to him for examples, but your walk has to be based on Jesus. Not Moses, not Daniel, not Isaiah, not any of the prophets. Not Abraham. It's not based on that. It's based on Jesus. Are you with me? Look at what it says in verse 31, 5 and 31. Where am I? He said, this is Jesus speaking. It has been said, whoever shall put away his wife, let him give her a writing of divorcement. Now look, listen to what, what he said, because he's, he's about to make that. You have to understand that. Understand this. Before I, before I continue, you, you need to understand this. He's basically about to tell them or telling them that, first of all, the Old Testament was legalistic. It was legalistic. And they had to obey the letter of the law. But the letter killeth now. But at that point, they had to obey the letter of God. New Testament express, let's put it this way. The Old Testament, it'll tell you all the legalistic things. The New Testament will tell you all the intent that God meant. When the prophets were saying this, he said, well, let me tell you what, what God intended for this to mean. It'll tell you the intent of God's heart. And they call that the spirit of the law. So the law killeth, but the Spirit gives life. So in other words, if you try to follow the law, it will kill you. You're already walking dead, man, trying to fulfill that, that you can't. But if you follow the Spirit of truth, if you follow the Spirit, the fulfillment of the law which was in Jesus Christ, it's going to give you life. I'm going to follow that. It give me life. Because there's no righteousness or grace in the Old Testament. Did you hear me? There was no righteousness or grace you could get out of the Old Testament, the Old Covenant. The Bible says that the Old Testament, if that covenant did, you know, if it didn't have fault, why did we give us another one? It was faulty. It was only that all of it was types and shadows. It was only getting us to the real thing. Are you with me? But always remember, don't criticize the Old Testament. 
You know why? I, I, God forbid, don't, don't criticize it. Because of those four things that I was talking about, I'm telling you, they, you, you need them. We need to know about the things that, that, how God has set everything up. You need to know all of that. Because what? It makes the, it, it solidifies the truth. Because it's all there. It's all there. It's revealed in the New Testament. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to do some teaching on revelations. And I'm like, it's no way you can even teach on the book of revelations without going back and studying out the Old Testament. It's no way. It is no way. You'll be like, oh my God, well, wait a minute. I've got to go back. It's no way. So it takes a lot of study because it go you go back because if you read it like that everybody act like Revelation is a hard book to understand. It's not really a hard book to understand. God never gave us nothing we couldn't understand. The thing about it is you got to study it out and you got to go back to the Old Testament because then you will understand the revelation. That it was named Revelation for a reason. Then the revelation will come to you because you can see it as it relates to the Old New Testament and then you'll be like that's what that meant. Look at verse 21. Where am I? Uh, oh, verse 21 in, um, in Matthew chapter 5. You have heard that it was said by them of old times, Thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you, that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of judgment. And shall be in danger of judgment. Look at what he's saying there. Understand that. He's saying, look, don't, don't, don't. I know what was told, but I'm fulfilling. I'm giving you the intent of God. I know what the prophets all wrote. I know what the scribes all say. But I'm giving you the intent of God's heart. He said, "What you, what you know, what they heard, and how the letter taught them that they would bring that up to Jesus. Well, Moses said this. Well, we gave this. Well, Moses told us we could do this and we could do that. And Jesus was simply. And I love how Jesus never argued with any of them. He just said, just, just he just started teaching. Let me give you the intent of God's heart. Actually, let me just tell you what God meant." Look at verse 27. You have heard that it was said by them of old, Thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you, that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in their heart. Now, for us, we think, I'm good as long as I'm not doing the actual act. God, no, no, that's not going to work. God said, if you thinking, looking at a woman and thinking on and undressing her with your eyes and thinking what it would be like in bed with it, he said, you have already committed adultery in your heart. And we all know God deals with the heart. Not what you show people. He deals with the heart. So if you say, mm, baby, 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 
Let me tell you, you've already committed adultery in your heart, in the sight of God. Now you might say, you know, you might try to clean yourself up and might think, well, you know, we still ain't done nothing. Well, you have to God in your heart. Jesus just straightened that out. Because they were thinking the same thing. Well, as long as you know, because remember that woman that was caught in the act of adultery, that's different. You see, that, as long as you, you know, if you doing the actual act, that's what it means. Jesus said, no. I tell you that if you look at a woman in the wrong way, with the wrong thoughts, you have just committed adultery in the heart. Now, let, let, let's, let's read it again so you won't say I said it. But I say unto you, this is Jesus speaking, that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. In his heart. Now, there's no such thing a husband can look at his wife any kind of way he wants to. But she must be your wife. And if your wife don't look like something that you want to look at and do, well, listen, you, st- you better pretend in your head. You better do something, but you better keep your eyes on her. You're not getting another. Look at verse 31 and 32. It has been said, whosoever shall put away his wife and let him give her a writing of divorcement. But I say, he said, whosoever shall put away his wife, let him give her a writing of divorcement. But I say unto you, that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causes her to commit adultery, and whosoever shall marry her that is divorced committed adultery. Mm. I think we got that all wrong. Let me tell you what this is not saying. This is not saying that you can put away your wife if she commits adultery. See, that's what we want to look at that and just say. No, that doesn't say that. It doesn't say, put your wife away if she commits adultery. He's saying what happens is, if a situation like that happens, and you happen to divorce her, then the next person she gets with, she's committing adultery. And the fault is on you, man. It's on you. Because you put her away. I didn't know. Follow me. Look at verse 33. Again we have heard that it has been said by them of old, Thou shalt not forswear forswear thyself, but shalt perform unto the Lord thine oath. Look at verse 34. But I say unto you, swear not at all. Neither by heaven, for it is God's throne. Oh, that swearing that's going on. He said, now, before you would, you, you know, you, you thought you had a reason why you could swear. 
He said, but I'm telling you, don't swear at all. Look at verse 43. Ye have heard that it had been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate... Uh, and Wait. Ye have heard that it had been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine, and hate thine enemy. But look. But I say unto you, Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use and persecute you. There is a big difference. Big difference between the letter and the spirit of the law. See, this is the pattern that Jesus followed to fulfill men of the law. See, when he was walking around, he was he was showing them and teaching them how he came and set it straight. He was fulfilling the law. Like, okay, they got all of this work, but now that I've come, let me show you the intent of God. Not prophets. Prophets were mere men just like all of us. Hmm. Write this down, number two. Jesus taught us how to relate to the Father Jesus taught us how to relate to the Father. Write that down. How did he do that? See, Jesus has set this up. He said, I'm sh- in all of my teachings and what I'm going through and all fulfilling, the- I'm teaching you how to relate to God. Now go over to Matthew chapter 6, beginning at verse 1. Well, you know what? Actually, I'm not going to read all of that because it'll take too much time. But I want you to write it down. You need to read uh, chapter um, one, uh, chapter six, one through eighteen. Write it down and read it. I'm going to kind of go through them, but I'm not going to read them because Jesus taught us in the in those scriptures. He taught us how to give. Jesus taught us how to pray. He taught us how to fast. He taught and taught and taught. He taught us how to give in secret and said, I'll, I'm going to reward you openly. He taught us everything in that, in, the, in, in that scripture of how to relate to God. Now, when you go into verse 19 to around 34, Jesus taught us how to avoid the traps of the world. Write that scripture down. Go, on, go ahead and read all the way from 19 to 34. And you'll find out Jesus taught us how to avoid the traps of the world. Listen, church, there is danger in this world system. And I'm going to do some teaching on how to avoid traps of the world system. But look at what, look, look at what Jesus taught. I'm, I'm going to read this part. Verse 19. Lay not up for yourself treasures upon earth where moth doth rust, doth corrupt, and where thieves break in, break through, and steal. Listen, God, Jesus was trying to tell us here, listen, I'm trying to teach you how to walk this whole walk. Get out of your head that this world means you good. You get one victory in some worldly thing you did, and you act like the world is on your side. It's not on your side. 
And then you go down and you look at verse, um, well, 22, 23, Jesus began to tell us, you can't serve two masters. You're going to hate one and love the other. Then down in around verse 31 and 32, Jesus tells us, don't seek the world system. In other words, listen, in other words, when you have a situation, a circumstance in your life, don't seek the world system. He said, I have a system for you. You just don't know how to operate in it. But I have a system for you. Then in verse 34, he said, and I don't want you to have anxiety. I don't need you on Prozac. I don't need you on no antidepressants. He said, you know, and, and, and he said, I don't need you having all that going on about this world system. Because I'm telling you, the world hates you. He just taught and taught and taught. But he said, there's a system I have for you. And that system is the kingdom of God. Everything you need is in the kingdom of God. So what he's saying is, I don't want you to rely, focus, serve, or worry about what's happening in the world today, tomorrow. I don't want you caught up and off focus. That's why you say, oh, I'm not, I'm not getting off focus. You're getting caught up in the world system. Did you hear me? God said, I don't want you doing that. He said, this is what I want you to do. I'm going to show you how I want you to do. I want you to get your mind off of this world system. He said, now here's the system I set up for you. First seek ye the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And everything that you need and ever want shall be given unto you. I'll add it unto your life. I know. It sounds too simple, doesn't it? I've read that. Yeah, the only reason why it hasn't been happening for you because you keep trying to dibble in the kingdom and then dabble in the world system. A little bit in the kingdom, a little bit in the world. He said, nope, I don't want you operating in the world system. I want you to stay focused. Trust me. Seek the kingdom of God. See, you haven't, he said, you haven't even sought me. And you say it don't work. Well, I, no, I, I got to do more than that. And you know, this is what we usually, well, God always give you common sense too. See, that's when, that's when you're dabbing into the world and deal. Because we already know, and we already know our common sense is no sense. But we always want to say that when we are focusing on the world system and what they're not giving us and what they're not doing. Hmm. He said, I don't want you in that. Seek my kingdom. He said, I don't want you to be worrying, having anxiety, focusing on, and all of that. He said, I will give you the add to life if you just seek the kingdom. Most Christians say they're seeking the kingdom. Let me tell you, I can always, everybody say always, tell when somebody's not seeking the kingdom. You can see it. I don't care. I you know what, I'm, I, I'm not impressed with a bunch of talk. Because that's nothing. That's nothing. Because like the, the preacher said this morning, you can see it. You can see when it's peace in the home and you can see when it's not. You can fake it in front of people, but no. 
is clearly seen. You have to focus on seeking the kingdom of God. You know what I always listen to? I listen to how many people say, I want to. I'm going to. I'm doing this. I did this. I'm doing that. I'm doing that. I said, no, you have, you're not doing any of that. You're not, I already know you're not doing any of that. I'll be thinking to myself. Because you know you don't say everything in your head. But I'll be thinking to myself, you're not doing any of that. That's a bunch of talk. And see, when you're trying to convince somebody of something, it's just a bunch of talk. God said, I'll give you the add to life. You've got to understand. See, when you're not hooked into God, you act like God is up there saying, nah, 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 nah. You're not good. No, no, no. God is saying, if you would just seek my kingdom, if you would just seek my kingdom. God, how many times, God can, how many times can God tell you, I know you have need of things? How many times do he have to tell you that? He said, I know you have need of things. But could you feed God if he was hungry? Can you obey him when he says obey? See, we want God to obey on a dime, but we don't want to, we have to pray about whatever he tell us to do. Third and final point, Jesus taught us when you heard what you have been taught and believe it, then truth will make you free. When you have heard what you have been taught and believe it, then the truth will make you free. If you go back and read all that and just what I've been saying, look at what he's taught us so far. He taught us that he is the fulfillment of the law. He just taught us that. He said, not one jot or tittle can be moved or done anything until I fulfill the law. Jesus has taught us throughout the scriptures how to relate to the Father. And Jesus also has taught us when you've heard the truth, the real truth, then the truth will make you free. And I, I have to say it again because we want truth to make us free in areas that is not going to make us free in. I told you before, in time past, and I'll tell you again, truth is only going to make you free in two areas. That's in sin and death. Because the only thing that can really hurt you and kill you is sin. So he don't have to try to do all that. Now, I, well, I, you know what? I'm, I'm believing, and I'm, I, I know the truth now, and I'm, I'm, I'm standing on, and I'm decreeing and declaring this truth that I shall not be in poverty. Well, I'm sorry, truth ain't made for that. You want me to prove it out to you? Stop working and see if truth will come to through for you. If Truth will cut you a check. Because it's not made for that. Truth is going to set you free from sin and for death. Because sin is the only thing that can kill you. It's the only thing that can kill you. I say, God, that's right on. What else? What else? I know people say all the time, you know, oh, I don't know about Christianity. You know, they, they say you can't do this and you can't do that. No, no. I'm sorry. Let me enlighten you. Christianity don't tell you not. 
Christianity says you can do everything. And you're like, yay, amen. But sin. Everything else you can do but sin. So it ain't a bunch of, you can't do this, you can't do that. No. You just can't sin. So whatever else you're doing, God's good with. Everything but sin. You, you, so so that's, that, that's not true what you're saying. Now, I, I want you to hold on to that truth. Truth, listen, doesn't make you free from anything in this world. That you, that you call yourself looking at. Mm-mm. That's not what truth does. God's word is, is spirit and truth, and it makes us free from sin and death. There, let me tell you, what else can harm you but sin? Tell me. What else can harm you, harm you but sin? I'm waiting. Because sin is the only thing that can kill you. Have you noticed whenever there's trouble, it was because some sin was somewhere? Let me tell you, if somebody ran you over with a car, they probably was drunk driving. Sin is somewhere. Sin is all around. But he's delivered us. Sin kills relationships. It kills everything. Everybody say sin is a killer. You know what? That needs to be a saying around Church of Living Water. Ah, 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 sin is a killer. Somebody start gossiping to you and say, oh, oh, sin will kill you. Now, the truth makes you free from sin. Evidence in the scriptures. Romans chapter 6. Write it down. Paul said, let sin, let not sin reign in your mortal body. Well, if you were free, because you know what, I'm free from sin. If you were free from sin, then you, if you, if you yourself could free yourself from sin, (laughs) well, you couldn't. When you was a sinner, could you stop sinning? Could you stop sinning, sin from reigning in your mortal body? And, and he also said, yield not your members to unrighteousness. Well, if you wasn't free, truth makes you free. Listen, listen closely. If you wasn't free from sin, you couldn't stop it. How many of you kept your body out of unrighteousness before you got saved. Don't raise your hand because God will kill you. Because that's not true. Nobody in here. Nobody in here. Oh yeah. I know you talk like you were born saved. And you talk like ever since you were a little bitty thing. You was just praising and loving God. You had so much flesh then and now. You couldn't stop it. So 
So see, I'm not impressed with anybody. I don't care how long you've been in church, how long you've been going to church. I don't care about any of that. You st- as long as you wrapped in that body, let me tell you, you got a challenge. I don't care how much how much you love God and how much you just how much. No, you have a challenge. I hear it out of your voices a lot. Like some of you I talk to, I hear it out of your voice every day. You want to be free, but let, let me go on, and then you, you'll see why you can't. And then the Bible says sin has no dominion over you. The Bible tells us that. Sin has no dominion over you. Why? Because you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free from sin, and make you free from death. Let me tell you, sin kills things in your life. If you don't accept Jesus, it will kill you. And let you slide right into the lake of fire, in the pit of hell, if you don't accept Jesus. Notice what I said. said. I didn't say that, that you'll go slide into the lake of fire or in into hell if you committed adultery. If you smoke cigarettes. If you commit fornication, adultery. No, I said, if you don't receive Jesus, period. Not only will sin have dominion over you, you will die and go to hell. Same, simple. Ain't no sense in going around it. If you don't receive Jesus, accept Jesus, sin will kill you. But truth will make you free. That's all that Scripture meant. So you can't take the Scripture and say, I'm free. The truth has made me free. Again, from poverty or being poor. You can't use it for that. The truth will make you free from sin. That's why when you come to church, why is it that nobody's sinning in church? Nobody's committing adultery. Well, we might have some little flesh, little carnal things going on. But I mean, actually, just out and out sin. Now go to John chapter 14 right quick. You'll be okay. Come on in. Let's go. If you don't see it in the life of Jesus, no. Chapter 14, verse 5. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know... Not whether thou goest, and how can we know the way? (laughs) Look what Jesus said in verse 6. Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I read that, and you know what I thought? That was bold. That was bold. Jesus was bold. I mean, because I mean, if, if if he came up and said, you know, I'm the way, take that. I'm the truth, you know. Well, I can take that. But then he said, and no man's coming to God but by me. He said, what? Bold. No one comes to the Father. No one gets to the Father but by me. Look at verse 7. If you had known me, 
This is Jesus speaking. You should have known my father also. For from henceforth you know him and have seen him. Now that you're looking at me talking to you, from now on know that you have seen him. Now that's plain and simple. Now I want y'all to verify all this so you better read when you get home. Look what he said in verse in, in verse. Um, Eight. Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it suffices us. Jesus said unto him, Have I been with you this long? Have I been with you this long time, and you have not known me, Philip? He called him out. Now that's putting you on blast in front of all the disciples. You whispering up to him, Lord, just show us. And that's all it do, suffice. He told now, Philip, you done been with me this whole year. Jesus can put you on blast right quick. You've been with me all this time. You done seen everything I've done. You've heard me. You've seen miracles. You've been, I've even had private times with just you and all the other disciples all this time. And you still don't know who I am, Philip? He said, the latter part, he that had seen me has seen the Father. And how, how can you even say, show me us the Father? How can you even say that? That's like your children come and say, are you really my mama? How can you even say that? The things I do for you, you think I do for a straight? How can you, how can you even say that? It's the same thing. You've been with us all this time, and you ask me a question like that, Philip. See, we need to start putting people on blast. You didn't have to put them on Yeah, I had to. I had to. Oh, God. When you look at that and you say, you know, God, you laid it out so beautifully. He he just showed you. This long time that I've been with you. And you're going to ask me, show me the Father. Show us the Father. But i got to read, read, read that again. Have I been here so long time with you? Yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me has seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? How can you even say that? Look at verse 10. Believest thou not that? Do you don't believe it? I am in the Father, and the Father's in me. The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. Have you noticed? I don't speak of myself. But the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the work. He said, I am the Son of Man. With the Son of God on the inside of me. And he does the work. I know you can't understand it. But what have, when you think of that, so what have God done for us? He said, now I'll put the Holy Ghost in you. So how can you how, so how can you say God are you there? Have you been with me all this time? Talking to me all this time and something come up and you want to know if I'm there. All this time. See, we look at it back then but think of it right in your time and what you do. God, where were you? God, how could you? God, you don't know me and how I work? 
all this time? Go to John chapter 15. Turn a page over. Verse 26. But when the comforters come, when I will send him unto unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth which proceeded from the Father, he shall testify of me. Listen, he's not going to testify of Moses. He's not going to testify of Elijah. He's not going to testify. He's going to testify of me. Look at verse 26. Oh, where did, where? 27. And ye shall bear, now I like that. He said, and you even also shall bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. He said, I know, yeah, you're going to bear witness too. You're going to. He's talking to his disciples. He said, you're going to bear witness of me just like they did. Because why? Just like the Holy Ghost is bearing witness of me, you're going to bear witness. Because why? You, you was with me from the beginning. But they weren't able to understand when he said that because the Holy Ghost hadn't came. They were like, what? I don't, I don't know what he said. See, we're on the other side. That threw them off. What, what does he mean? Go over to, to verse 12. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them. <laughs> Why? Because you don't have the power on the inside. You don't have the mechanism of the Holy Ghost on the inside yet. He said, many things I want to say, you can't understand now. But you will understand. See, the, see he hadn't been crucified and raised from the dead. He said, I'm going to pray to the Father, talking to his disciples. Look at verse 13. How be it when the Spirit of truth, when the Spirit of truth, when the Spirit of truth is come, he will guide you unto all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whosoever, uh, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he shall show you things to come. Pro. Gnosko, oh my God, that knowing, that knowing. He said he's coming, he's going to show you all that you're confused about. Just hold on, you got to hold on. Now listen, if the Holy Spirit won't speak of himself, listen, why would the Holy Spirit speak of anything contrary to the scriptures of Jesus? You know, when all these people saying, well, the Holy Ghost is here and we're doing it, but we don't see Jesus doing it. We can't find it in the Scriptures. So why would the Holy Ghost do contrary to the Scriptures of Jesus? It said he won't even testify of himself. Some churches, they make a big deal of the Holy Ghost. He said, no. The Holy Ghost is going to testify of him. Jesus, he's not going to make a scene about himself. Listen, this is what you have to understand about the Holy Spirit. Do you know the Holy Spirit played a big role in the Old Testament? Because Jesus hadn't come. The Holy Spirit, he did a lot of things in the Old Testament, but you never hear about it once in the New Testament. Why? Because he can't testify of himself. He's not here for that. He said he's only going to testify of me. 
Look at verse 14. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. Verse 15. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I, that he shall take of mine, and shall show it unto you. Verse 16. A little while, and you shall not see me. And again, a little while, and you shall see me. Because I go to the Father. He said, you don't, re- you don't really even see me now. That's why you would ask me a question like that. God just shows you, you don't really see me now. But it's going to come a time that you're going to see me. Not now. You can't see me now. Look at verse 19. Now Jesus knew that they were de- uh, desirous to ask him. And said unto them, I like Jesus. See, Jesus, he already know what you're thinking. I already know what you want to ask. So he answered them. Everybody was thinking it, but couldn't say it. Like, uh, but I mean, how are you going to sit with the Son of God and the Son of Man and think you can think anything without him knowing? Oh. Oh, well, let's get a little closer. How can you have the Holy Ghost on the inside of you and you can think of saying or do something without Him knowing it? See, we act like this is for them. No, we're on a better covenant. We got the Holy Ghost on the inside. Anything you think and say or want to say, that's why sometimes... When I'm teaching or one of the other ministers teaches something you prayed about, it comes up. Because God already knows what you're thinking. Now Jesus knew that they were desirous to ask him and said unto them, Do you inquire among yourselves of what I said? Are you all wanting to know among yourselves because I said I'm going away? Are y'all kind of whispering to each other or thinking, what, 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 what does he mean? Do you inquire among yourselves of that I said a little while and you shall not see me and again a little while and you shall see me? Are you all just thinking on that and not understanding what I'm saying? He knew they were asking. He knew what they were asking in themselves and amongst each other. But after the Holy Ghost will come upon you. See, if Jesus walked in here right now, right now, in the flesh, see, you got to see how they thought. If Jesus walked in, now let's just say you don't, you don't know what you know now. Let's, this is hypothetically. If Jesus walked in here right now, in the flesh, and said, I am Jesus, it would be hard to believe. You know why? Because he would look like us. He looked like a man. Because he would walk in as a man. So see, that, that's how they saw him. They were like, well, yeah, but didn't Mary, Joseph, Mary, no, not living in Bethlehem and not the carpenter. See, you have to see how they see it. We're read, remember, when you read the Gospels, we're reading it from this side. They were just like, they was like, they had him in the midst and they was like, is he really? Remember after he died and when he was walking with them and they were talking. And then when he just went on away and just zipped on away. They said, wait a minute. 
Didn't our hearts burn when he was talking? Wasn't it something different? It was, what, what happened? What, what was that? And they, they looking for him. He's moving. He don't have flesh and bone. He said, but I understand. Right now, you don't understand. And we wouldn't understand if a man walked in here because he would look like a man. Now, question. I have a question. How many of you have seen Jesus in the flesh? Nobody, I got to say it like my grandson until I was talking to him about Jesus one day. And little Isaiah told me, he said, Madam, I've never seen Jesus in form. So I'm asking you, have you seen Jesus in form? He's always teaching me something. In form. I I'm, I'm just want you to think on that. You have never seen Jesus in form. And you still believe. And you still believe. Why do you still believe and you've never seen him in form? Because he is in you. That's all. Remember he said, I, no, I'm going to send the Holy Ghost. He's going to cause you to believe. Because he's in you. You don't believe because you, you only, you've never seen him. The only reason why you believe is because he lives in you. <laughs> See, we tend to forget that. He's causing you to believe. How do y'all, you know when you've heard the truth? Always, always, whatever you hear, compare it to the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ. And if it doesn't sound like Jesus Excuse my English. It ain't Jesus. If it doesn't sound like Jesus, it ain't Jesus. Let me tell you sometimes, have you ever been where you've gone to another ministry or are you going to, uh, you know, I don't know, a seminar or whatever, and they're teaching and it grieves you? You know, you know you're like, mm, 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 you know, it just grieves you. And, and you like, you know, I, I got that, but I just don't have no peace about it. And I ain't talking about peace. Conviction is one thing, but I'm talking about you don't have no peace about it. That's when you're having friction with the truth. And that's when God is saying, get up and get out or cut it off. Move on. You'll be like, and you know, well, let me see what they saying. What? What? God is saying, nope, nope, nope. It's grieving your spirit. You need to move on. Does it line up with my earthly ministry? I don't care who it is. That's what I'm always looking, looking, looking for. And that's one thing your founding pastor always did. He always looked for the earthly ministry of Jesus, of anybody teaching. That's why he was quiet and listening attentively. We just go and just, just listen, just excited because we're just in the presence. You do, how do you know when you've heard the truth? Because Jesus is the truth. Listen, 
You know, everybody has been in church at some time or another. And when you go and you don't feel comfortable uh, with uh, uh, something that they're saying, and especially if you know the Word and you got the Word in you, and you're just coming to be fed, but you got a foundation and it begins to grieve you, that's God saying, move on. When you can look at it and say, now that's unscriptural. Well, then that's not according to the ministry of Jesus Christ. Move on. It'll grieve your spirit. The, the Holy Spirit said, whether it's TV, whatever it is, whether you watch it on TV, all of a sudden you're grieved. I don't want to watch that mess. Then go. How many of you are receiving what I'm saying this morning? You've got to receive it. And if you are receiving what I'm saying is no, this morning, you know why? Because the witness on the inside. See, the witness on the inside will tell you, no, nah, that don't sound right. Or I walked you through the scripture and I told you what you have to read. You got to read all of those. Don't take my word for it. The Gospels. See what Mark was talking about. Matthew was talking about. Luke was talking about. See the teaching. Talk, 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 talk. They talk. For different, for different emphasis, but they taught on the life of Jesus Christ. And that is our foundation. The disciples' doctrine. They didn't get away from it. Know the difference between the Son of Man and the Son of God. Know that they're all one. Know that the, that the Son of God lived inside of the Son of Man. He said, the words I speak and I have you, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You've already, you're trying to look, we're trying to look at a body. And he's trying to give, he said, my words are spirit. And truth. I'm trying to get you to look in the spirit. I'm trying to get you, as you walk in this world, to walk in the spirit. So you can see things clearly. Whether you, well, you'll know, will you never be fooled or tricked? Because why? The simple truth, the simple simplicity. If you didn't learn anything else today, you should have learned this one thing. If it doesn't line up with the earthly ministry of Jesus, I'm not buying it. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net. Thank you.